Hello, and welcome back to A Better World. This is your host, Mitchell J. Rabin, and we're really glad you're joining us again today. Today, we're going to have a very interesting show. We are on location down here in Southwest Ranches, west of Fort Lauderdale, at one of Cat James' wonderful retreats. And down here, right beside me, is Dr. Jeffrey Roderick. Jeffrey is a world-renowned holistic nutritionist veterinarian who was involved in this retreat right along with me. And we are getting exposure to some of the most interesting ways of approaching health, nutrition, and wellness that we have either of us have come across. Yet, it is also so similar to what Jeffrey has been doing for a long, long time with dogs and cats. So on that hand, it's not a new, new approach, except for that it is in regard to humans for Jeffrey. Now, Jeffrey has been one of those people who has had one of those lives larger than life. And he's done so much to help people and animals across the world, so much so that he has been recognized by such people as Mother Teresa and others having to do with his helping save stray animals, cats and dogs, and bring them back to a home and give them sustenance and life again. He's been recognized around the world in many different ways. Additionally, he is the founder and president of Cornucopia, what is arguably the single healthiest food for dogs and cats the world round. So it's with great pleasure that I introduce Dr. Jeffrey Broderick to our audience. Jeffrey, so good to have you here. Hey, Mitchell, thank you so much. Appreciate you having me on. The world is a better place because of you. Oh, that's that's a very nice compliment. Thank you so much. After I was... Just doing what I was born to do. I know that. I know that you're doing it well. So let's let's look at some of what it is you've been doing over the course of your professional lifetime of some sixty or so years, uh, involved first with walking horses of wealthy people out on Long Island and how that inspired you then to want to take care of these beautiful pets and how that evolved. Give us a little touch of history. Well, I, I, we moved out of New York City when I was 13 years old, and I moved out to a place called Massapequa, and I was put into a high school that I really didn't really want to go to because I was accepted into this high school where they make veterinarians, okay? And we finally go to the high school, and go to college, and then go to medical school, and, and all that stuff, so... That's what it was supposed to be, but I wound up in this place and I had my horse with me. And at, at 13, about 13, uh, well, 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 I was 13 years old, I just walked out of school. And, and, and it did, to the dismay of your teachers I, I, and yeah, parents, no doubt. Right, and, and, my, and my teacher happened to be uh, Alex Holborn's father. <laughs> so, so I. I, I, I played a little game for a little while because I didn't want to wind up in reform school, which is what was called in the 40s during World War II. 
So I did I, I tap them through saying, uh, being a chronic truant in high school. And, um, and then I joined the Black Diamond, took off my horse and joined the Black Diamond Wild West show. And then I was actually raised by Native American cowboys and, and, and American born cowboys. And, um, in what state? What? In what state? Oh, well, we, we traveled all over Canada, all over, um, you know, the south, from Florida to Canada, uh, west to Indiana, uh, Illinois, Chicago, and that kind of stuff, you know, down south, Virginia. Did all everything the, west of the Mississippi. Everything, everything. Well, everything but west of the Mississippi, yeah. And we would put on uh, wild West shows at state fairs. And how old were you at this point? Um, 16. <laughs> and what did your mother and father think? My mother and father, my mother and father were beside themselves. Did you call? Did you write? Oh, sure. No, no, we wrote those days. We, but, but we, we called with pay phones then. Yes. And and we, I would call, but that was expensive living. And we, we got paid thirty two dollars a week. So how long did you stay out on the road uh, doing the road I was, also, I was a professional rodeo cowboy for. Wild. And then at some point you went to veterinary school. Well, that, that, was, through, that was through veterinary medical school because what I did was I rode Kansas State on the Kansas State rodeo team. So I was 28. I was 28 when I graduated from veterinary medical school. I was in between that time. I, I joined the Marine Corps at 16, but then they found out that I was too young. I joined the Paris troops at 17. I was in the 82nd Airborne Division at Fort Bragg. And then I sent to Korea, and I came home from Korea after three years in the military at 19. Having finished your duty. Then I went to Henry Riddler Medical Institute because I was a pilot since I was 15. I was a pilot in Korea. <laughs> and I taught skydiving. I was the uh, area safety officer for Dowd County. It was called Dowd County. I think it was Dowd. Where? What is Miami area? North Miami. Dade. Dade. Not Dowd. Dade. Sorry. Sorry the people in Dowd. Dade. So then... I, um, I would you were a pilot at age 15? I was a pilot at 15. How so? Well, I mean, if at 13 you left school, yeah. and then shortly thereafter you were heading out west to be trained by Native American cowboys and American cowboys, yeah. when was there the opening of two weeks for you to learn to be a pilot? Um, there were openings because I was back and forth of being home, and so I was a pilot. I was a pilot. I started taking flying lessons at 15, and that's it. Just happened. I don't, all these, they all said, they all said, actually, when I was 15, I was not going to high school, of course, 
But I went to take a beef cattle management course at the Farmingdale University, which was near me, next to the barn where my horse was. So at Farmingdale University, I scored the highest in 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 um. What do you got? See, adult education. Adult education. I did a course in beef cattle management because I wanted to be a cowboy and a farmer. And you got to know what you're doing. But you were an adult. You were taking adult education. I was a 15 year old adult. <laughs> well, we're going to fast forward this a little bit. Fascinating it is as it is. But I want to say that one of the things we like to highlight on a better world is what I would call Jeffrey heroic acts and. It ends up that a lot of the people who are heroes in our society actually did not go through formal schooling and training. It's very, very amusing to he, to us here at A Better World. One of my close friends uh, invented a an electric motor, for instance, who's been on these airwaves, uh, who never finished high school. And his motor is arguably the most efficient one on the planet beyond even that of Tesla. So just as another example, we've had several people on who've never finished with what is considered conventional education, but they are some of the most educated people I've ever met. And you are now helping to exemplify this idea. Not that we are against formal training and schooling here. No, not at all. However, Absolutely we not. are very interested in people who learn, who are are committed to creating a better world in whatever way that may be, expressing it their own way. And that may accord or may not accord with conventional thinking in any way, shape, or form. My grandfather, as a matter of fact, as a matter of fact, my grandfather was 13 when he was a lineman and he put, he put the telegraph across the United States, across the West. And my, my grandfather was when he put the lines up, that stopped the that stopped the train robbers, because what stopped the train robbers was communication. God, of course, because they could also do communication from one stop to another. And hey, we see some bandits up yonder, and head them off the path of the old. Food. That's that they did it with. And a friend of mine is Robert Clement Morse V. Oh, he's a great he's a great grandson. He's a great grandson. My, my grandfather worked for his great grandfather. It's a small world. Yeah, we the same community. <laughs> so Let's go forward and then we'll, we'll ease back as well because it's all one big circle anyway. And so one of the amazing uh, discoveries that you made in your professional life as a veterinarian was how cats become cystic and develop uh, urinary tract infections. Correct. And your work, your creative mind at play, uh, came up with a solution to that. Would you talk with us a little bit about that? Well, cystitis, when we did this, cystitis was the number one disease of cats and women in the United States when I did this. And I got six. I got All a form of feline, you could say. Yeah. yeah. 
Yeah. yeah. And, and as you could say. So, so here, here they were. Cats and women have the same thing. They had a disease called cystitis. Number one disease of women in the United States at that time was cystitis. So what I did was I gathered together. I thought this line was calling. And he says, Chief Time Nobel Prize winner, by the way, for the discovery of the effects of vitamin C, for those who may not know that. And he said, Doc, go for it. You know, just go for it. I might, you know, help me with whatever I can do. And, you know, but, but nobody's ever done this work. So what happened was is that male, male cats were blocking, and when they would block, they would die. Female cats blocking what? Blocking the urethra would block. Oh, and it would so they would get, get the stones of all this blood in their urinary bladder, and, mm-hmm. and it wouldn't come out. It wouldn't come out because the urethra gets smaller toward the end, and they and they just block up. But the urethra of the female will dilate, so all this junk will come out the urethra. But the male cat would block and die. So it was it was life threatening to the males. So I gathered together sixteen cats. That's a whole story by that's an hour story by itself. How I would take borrow and steal these cats and leave them with me and everything and oh I don't want my cat used for research and everything. I'm gonna give you a cat back. Just put the cat to sleep. Just put the cat to sleep. I, I, I don't want I don't want any tests going on my kids. I'll, I'll buy your cat. Oh, you will? They just changed their mind. It's all about money. Money talks. Money talks. Yeah. And, and money talks at the client's law. So I would buy the cats. I would buy the cats. Some of them give me the cats. And I, I kept these cats. And I put them on a battery of of um of my therapy and it worked on every cat. Every cat using vitamin C. Using vitamin C. The cats would I would melt the cystitis, kill the bacteria and dissolve all the crud in the urinary bladders with with uh, that was vitamin C. And then, and then, I, I published it and went on to get an award. Um, let me step back. I didn't publish it. I just went and got an award, invited to come and be a speaker, and presented a paper, but it was never published. Oh, really? Some famous veterinarian wound up. Healing all this. And, and what award did you win? I won the award for molecular. I won the award from the Committee for World Health on the 50th anniversary of the discovery of vitamin C. Oh my! What a moment! But it had been made public through you. You were winning an award because of it. Yet it wasn't published, but it was still stealable. Yeah. 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 And I, were it, was it not recognized that you were the author of it because everyone knew it was a 
national I moment? Didn't, I, didn't, I didn't really care about that because I was on to other things and then I dissolved the first urinary stone ever in, in history. And then went on to the, the food side. And I, so I made the food that corrected all these things and I made the cat food that corrected it, the dog food that corrected it, and all the foods that corrected these these horrible, deadly ailments because it was all coming from the food that the animals were eating because pet food is horrible to begin with. That's what it is. Nobody's eating pet food. Nobody was eating pet food to their child. Why would you feed it? Don't feed it to my children. And that's what I told them. So interesting. But go back, if you would, to, and then we'll get to that story, which is a very important one. And that is, was it not the use also of cranberry juice or cranberry extract for urinary tract infections, not just vitamin C? I don't mean just when I said, but not vitamin C alone is what I mean. But well, here's the timeline. I corrected it as acid. Thank you, Dr. Pauling Thank and you. Dr. Broadway. And, and so I, I, I did it with ascorbic acid. And it, and, it, and it worked. And it worked. Then people would bring me cats. This is a really, really, really frequent disease, and as was cystitis in women. Then the women would start coming in and saying to me, what about me? Dr. Chef, what about me? What about me? I, no, I can't. I'm not an MD. I'm not, you know, I don't have a license to do this. Oh, come on, stop it. Wait, come on. You cured my cat. You cured my So I would tell them. See, I wasn't wrong at the beginning. I'm a feline. Cure me. And they're right. They're right. good thing. And so they would, they would come in to me and I would tell them what to do. And then all of a sudden, the presence started coming in. I mean, every gift imaginable was given to me. And, um, but, but this took them off the age of cancer, off this horror stuff, off the pain, everything, relieved everything. And in a few days, they didn't have cystitis anymore. So I cured number one disease of, of pussycats in the United States. And then... I cured the number one disease of women. And really? it was also by material. The most frequent cancer things, whatever, car accidents, whatever. The most frequent thing a woman would get is the sinus. And, it was, and, and that's, that's what we cured. That's what just an amazing people in your it was, it was it was it was fantastic. You helped and, so many people. And I have I've never put another cat to sleep because of that disease. And I've only done three of the operations that has gone on. And you you know you're talking now 1985, 95, 105, 33 years ago, I did this. I've done 384 
perineoureflastomies. That's the going cure for for cystitis by a veterinarian and a cat. And and at that time, at that time, the the the, the, the perineoureflastomy is cutting the cat's penis off. Penis. Yeah, yeah. Jesus. It's not the right answer. It's not the right answer. Nothing funny about it. It's a static. It's a static. It's a static. That's known as... For whom? For whom? That's the thing. I got my legs crossed to the pocket. Yeah. The cat hater. It's so sad. But what you are really also um, implying here is that our medical fields for humans and for animals is rife with sickness. And I don't mean the sickness of the animals, but the sickness of the practitioners. Antiquated with therapy. Antiquated therapies, exactly. As well as absolutely unhealthy, that's being kind about it, unhealthy food. Now, I need to engage you on this subject, Dr. Broderick. What's in the food? What has recently been found in the largest manufacturers of pet foods? Food? Tell us the story because it is something that our audience actually needs to hear Disturbing as it is, folks, I'm putting up a sign that says the following is disturbing, but you still need to know it. But before we go into that, let me just take a moment to remind you all that you are listening to A Better World with Mitchell J. Rabin. We are on every Wednesday evening at 6 p.m. as well as anytime you happen to want to listen to us because our shows are podcasts at www.abetterworld.tv. Just go under the radio archive and you will have your choice of podcasts over the course of many, many years, many interesting subjects. And while you're there, go visit our newsletter. We have a free newsletter every week, and it announces our weekly shows both on radio and community cable TV in the Big Apple every every Monday evening at 7 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, of course. So please become part of the Better World community, a Better World family, where we bring you shows that are telling the truth in as kind a way as possible and is in as funny a way as possible to also enlighten you as to what it is that's going on in our world for your own health, for your own wellness, for your own well-being, and for that of the planet. So today we are spending the entire show with Dr. Jeffrey Broderick, who is a world-renowned veterinarian. He's not just any veterinarian at all. He is holistic. He is a nutritionist, and he has brought this wisdom and intelligence to the pet world, and we also see that he's brought it to a lot of humans as well. Jeffrey, it is such a pleasure to have you on today. Absolutely. So now we're going to go into, uh, while we can talk about so many things together, a subject that we began speaking of several days ago here at Cat James' wonderful retreat. And it was very, very disturbing, quite honestly. You spoke about an announcement that was made just 
recently, the end of last week, about what substances were found, actually poisons, were found in pet food. Could you expound upon this and let us know what it is we're actually dealing with here so that pet owners across the country, across Canada, across the world, and we have listeners all the way to South Africa, Australia, and New Zealand, Jeff. So everyone is going to want to tune in who has a pet or who knows someone with a pet. And that probably means all of you. So tell us what we should know about what's really going on in this field. Well, for almost 50 years now, being a veterinarian, I have uh, talked about how disturbing uh, pet food is to me. I wrote a book called Compassion for Pets, which you can get on Amazon. Sure. We'll have it posted on our site as well. And and so you can can get it from me and you can get it from Amazon. So we've been making making pet food for about 50 years, making and designing and everything for almost a half a century now. And I have by the name of cornucopia. I love it. C O R N U C O P I A. Cornucopia, like cornucopia, like Steven. And so cornucopia is the oldest symbol for prosperity and health actually in the world. The only, the oldest symbol known of in the world, cornucopia symbol. Sounds biblical.
and and my grandparents' friends, and then my parents' friends, and the animals that would live into the average of 24. Now they're six, six and get an eight. Thank you to the pet food industry and the pet food cartel. What do you mean by that? Those are very strong words. The reason animals get all these diseases is unequivocally pet food. No one is in the pet food that would have you assert this. Well, pet food is made from every piece of crap that you could find on in America. It's made from junk from the distilling industry. It's made from MJOB. It's from dead down dying disease and disabled animals. It's made for animals not fit for human consumption. It's scurvy stuff. That's what food is. And, and as you listen to this podcast, let me let you know that it's your fault. Not the fault of the industry. Not the fault of the industry. Your fault. Because you and everybody else want into this fact that because the guy in the white coat with steps over around his neck, who you trusted implicitly, told you, don't see the dog up the table, don't see the cat table strap, don't see the cat, don't see the leftovers, because leftovers are for people, not for animals. Cat food is made specifically for Cats by experts. And dog food is made specifically for dogs by experts. And it should be one thing if they said by dogs. Yeah. And <laughs> and then you have your favorite white coat person from that episode that told you not to feed the dog on the table which they evolved with for how long man has been on Earth, okay? Well, what they should have done is consulted women and maybe then they would have gotten That is a very fine point, and I think the world is going in that direction. But let me say that you say it's the fault of pet owners who bought into the authority of the man in the white coat with a stethoscope. You know where that white coat originated from? That white coat, to actually underscore your point before I make another, Madison Avenue. (laughs) That's where it came from. Because there is no inherent relationship between a white coat and what a doctor does. But when Madison Avenue thought about it, they thought that people looked authoritative in a white coat. And they do. Therefore, we have doctors wearing white coats. Right. Now, this is a part of the roots. Yes. The Madison Avenue BS 
worked. It worked. Yeah. Exactly. So I don't want you blaming our audience about this, although we are ultimately responsible for the way we process information. And that part of it I very much appreciate. But we have to take another step here, Jeff, and take a look at those people who decided that money is more important than people, than pets, and planet. This is a problem. So they did things and they manipulated the public mind in such a way as to assert the points you were making. Don't feed dog scraps off the table or cats. Feed them pet food. Yeah. Now, what have you found in the pet food? Well, well I found that pet food, the essence of the pet food is take whatever garbage you have that people will not, cannot, will never eat, ever, ever. And, and I made a pet food that you could eat. Uh-huh. I made a pet food that you could eat. That humans can eat. When you say you, I'm still a human. That, you, that humans can eat, that people can eat, that cats can eat, that dogs can eat, that everybody can eat. And I made this. Without the concern for how many pennies I can pinch out of a can of food. And I made this food so well, we're now the number one in the world. Oh, mazel tov. What is in your food? Okay. My, my food consists of organic turkey, USDA certified, USDA certified organic chicken. They're on they're USDA certified pumpkin, USDA certified everything. USDA besides besides that and within the realm of USDA certified, there is no gluten, no antibiotics, no GMOs. The animals are raised cage free. They're raised free, raised open door, they can come in, they can come out, they can do whatever they want to do. Okay? They're handled with, 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 with care, and, and they are raised where they're not armed until, of course, they're slaughtered for human consumption. The pet food industry thrives on the sick ones, the dead ones, the down ones, which means they, they can't walk because they get down. And then once a once a once a chicken or a turkey is down, the young chicken or turkey is gonna they can peck on it. Where you got the peck on it? They can peck it because that's what people do. So they must learn the people because when people are down, all the other people came around because we're friends. People peck, right? People peck. People peck. People peck. Like Peter Pepper, right? So, the, the, the pet water goes on, people are down. We can get some of the down to just keep that out of him until he's down. So, those animals, the animals that are on antibiotics, they put them on antibiotics, they save them to human consumption. But most of the most of the chickens that everybody buys out there are got antibiotics. They, 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 they act for them. 
That's, That's correct. correct. Human waste. Certified organic, wild fish, no farm-raised fish, because the farm-raised fish have been gone food. Well, they're also swimming in their own feces, which oh, is something they're, that's they're, not discussed. They're, 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 they're so stressed, it's like living in a one-bedroom apartment with 50 people. Well, it's that level, virtually, of population density. I can't even imagine the cortisol level of a fish that's engaged in a fish farm. It's out of the aquarium. Very true. Very true. It's so it's just unbelievable. Now it's a child. It's a child. They make pets. So there's something that's so fast. And the thing that this rational guy said, let's say, 600 years before. Jesus, All right? <laughs> years before Jesus, this guy, this guy was born, and then was African. But the medical profession couldn't pronounce it because they're Americans. I mean, if you could say Hippocrates, if you were Greek, you could say Hippocrates, if you were Roman. But in America, it became Hippocrates. So the Hippocratic Oath You refuse to eat it. You don't eat the reef. 
I use it best is because if anything happens to me, it's locked down. It doesn't shift in anyone until I would find out you know, why I got sent. It has never happened, and to ensure that it never happens, it is impossible for you to buy a can of food from me that I have not consumed before it was ever shipped to anyone. Okay? Well, Doc, this is beautiful to hear. This part of it is beautiful to because hear. Because the animals are my children. You may own them. Actually, you don't own them. Because no one owns a child of God. Those words came to my ears from Mother Teresa's mouth when I sat next to her on several occasions. They are all God's children. Therefore, no one owns a child of God. Guys out there all over the world, stop saying you own a dog. You don't own that dog. You're the guardian of that dog, and you should act like one. Stop feeding pet food. Feed the dog off the table. If you want a, a commercially available food, I've got the cornucopia for you. But you can mix together. Thank you. It's very profound words. Also, no one owns a child, for that matter, or a spouse, for that matter. It's an attitude, a perspective, and if I may say largely, but not exclusively, a male perspective that I think is an expression of excess testosterone. That's a whole other conversation we're not going to go into right now. But I do want to ask you, because of the great merits and the care that you take in putting together cornucopia food for pets, there are a series of very wonderful beneficial uh, attributes, meaning the dogs and the cats that you have eating this food consistently, Doc, are not getting sick. They are showing exemplary health, skin, and longevity. Would you comment on that? Correct. And we've gotten from six to six to dead and eight. Every minute, six to six to dead and eight, and six to six to dead and eight is an average thousand approximately a thousand dollars a month. So there's a 24,000 dollars difference between the company's good and the company's good and the we, we are now knocking at 19 for dogs, and we have crossed over 20 for cats. Oh, my. And we're heading for 24. And we hit 24. I'm going by my Back to the universe, right? From that point of view, I hope you hang out at 23 and a half for a long time. Well, I've, I've now changed. We're closing in on that. I used to tell people that I'm checking out at 94. Well, last year I changed it to 95. And this year I moved it to 96. Because I, uh, I because you're eating your dog food. Well, because I do. And just think about it, guys and girls out there, listen to this. 
You can have a future child, a human child that gets all the perks of life, all the educational things, all the trips, everything I went through before. You would never, ever think of beating them pet food. People around the world, people around the world are starving to death. They don't get pet food. And when, when you think, think about, about what you're doing, why would you never take someone that gives you every bit of unconditional life in your life, love in your life, love in your life, and then get a piece of food. You want to get a rescue? You get the great big dash. I got a rescue. I rescue this dog. This dog is a rescue. Stop rescuing dogs and the next day. Unfortunately, in defense, not of the industry, but of people, pet guardians, as you properly put it, most people don't take the time, probably enough, to get educated about what the real constituents are of food, even of their own food, which is why we have so many sick human beings across the planet, because we've been fed and so many people simply accept fast food, adulterated food, GMO food, hormonized hormonized food, GMO food, on and on. It's a disaster, all coming back, Jeffrey, to this fundamental problem of there being a psychological illness that has placed profit ahead of people. Now I have to add pets and planet. Why is profit, why is money more important than the sanity that we could and should have of healthy pets, healthy people, healthy planet, which would result from healthy food, healthy environment, right? This is a sickness that supersedes all. And, of course, my point of view is psychological in general. But I keep coming back to it because I keep seeing what I would call pathological behavior, and this is that. Well, what do you think happens to a child when he sees that pathological behavior? Because the father, Correct. The father won't let the mother buy the right kind of food because he holds the credit That's card. Right. He that mimics it. That's right. And, and you know, know what? what? Well, we're talking about anyone around the world can reach me on info at cornucopia, C-O-R-N-U-C-O-P-I-A express.com and you can call me anytime. 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 No matter what day it is. You can call, you can, you can call, get, get the phone number, get the phone number. The phone number in the United States is 631-427-7479. And if you call me, I'll tell you how I really feel. <laughs> <laughs> Dr. Jeffrey Brodick, brilliant to have you on today, truly. God bless everyone. Remember, remember, when, when you want to blame somebody to your death, blame yourself for not forgetting.
Whoa. Okay. On that note, I'll say don't blame yourself. Just get educated, my friend. Get educated. Yes. And the book. Tell us the name of your book. Okay. The book is Compassion Compassion for Pets. And you can get it from me. You can get it on Amazon. And we'll we'll carry it on our site as well. If if you you order it from me, I'll give you a signed and dated copy with an inscription in there and all that kind of stuff. But the thing is, if you read the book, if you read Compassion for Pets, if your children need compassion for pets, it will make them compassionate. Make sure your husband reads compassion for pets because or your wife for that matter. And well and the I know the wife I know the wife will read it. Remember. And and the reason the wife will read it is because there's no question that man's best friend is Dr. Jeffrey Broderick, thank you again for being a guest on today's show. We are ending now. I want to thank you all for listening. Contact me at mjr at abetterworld.net and visit our website as discussed before. I look forward to seeing you all next week. God bless.